Happy trails to you. It's great to say hello and to share with you the joy I've come to know. Hey, me and my husband had a meeting. Um, we do own the local 7-Eleven in Shenandoah and Elkton. And um, we had a meeting in Fishersville, and I still did not have a word for today. And um, like I said, the Lord had been, you know, really pushing on me to wait for him. (laughs) And I was like, okay, Lord, I can't wait much longer. (laughs) It's Thursday. And um, so as I was um, walking down or riding down the road, I had, I actually had my worship music playing in the car and I'll be honest normally when my husband's with me his music comes on my music goes off but that day for whatever reason he didn't turn it off and um we were kind of talking and then of course there would be moments of silence and we were going down 340 into Waynesboro and um I was just looking at all the different churches along the road um you know, Baptist churches, Episcopal churches, Presbyterian churches, United Methodist churches, Churches of God, Pentecostal churches. I was just looking at all the, the diversity between here and Waynesboro, as we have, you know, in the valley. Thank goodness we have a church about on every corner. Um, and we're just, we have so much, so many different denominations. And the Lord just started speaking to me about And so um, he really started speaking to me about the Great Commission. And when you know that someone is leaving for a long period of time or even that they're dying and that you will not be able to speak to them again, the last conversation you have with them will will be one that you cherish forever. The most important conversation, I believe, in our history as Christians was given Um, what is now called the Great Commission. It was given by Jesus after his resurrection and before he ascended into heaven. It's recorded in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus left the disciples with possibly the most important message he ever told them. The verses read, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As the original twelve disciples went out and began sharing and teaching all they had been taught by Jesus, new disciples followed their instruction. And they shared, and they taught the good news, and more disciples came to Jesus, and this has happened generation after generation, year after year, day after day, hour after hour, up until this very moment where all of us are gathered here in this place as Jesus' disciples. You do understand that you are Jesus' disciples. Just because you're not one of the original twelve doesn't mean that you're not a disciple. It's exactly what you're made to be. The definition of disciple is to be a follower or a student of a teacher. So by definition, 
each and every single person in this church is a disciple of Jesus. In realizing this, Jesus left you with instruction to go. He didn't say, come and sit in a church with four walls, sit in the pew, listen to a sermon, sing a couple of praise songs, pray a couple of times, and then go home until the doors of the church building open again. No, he didn't say that. He said, go out and build his church, Big C. The problem... the A big problem lies within the body of Christ, and that problem is division. There are so many denominations, so many doctrines, so many theologies, and everyone thinks that they're right and everybody else is wrong. We have lost focus of one thing, and that is unity. Jesus Christ brings us unity. Jesus desires for his body of believers to be in unity with one another. He actually prayed to our Heavenly Father for this. Right after Jesus had tried to prepare the disciples for his departure, as it was told in John 16, in John 17, it tells us the prayer of Jesus. Verses 21 through 23 says, I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may... And sorry, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in I and in <laughs> I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Many months ago, I was in my car, and I was riding through Harrisonburg, and I saw this sign from a particular church, and it said, traditional services, 9 a.m., and then it said, decaffeinated contemporary services at 10.30. I immediately scoffed at the terminology, and I said to the Lord, what does that even mean, decaffeinated? And then I began to laugh, and I said, well, what would they consider me? Extremely (laughs) over-caffeinated? And I I immediately felt conviction. And the Lord reminded me that we should be one body. Ephesians 4, 3 and 4 says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace, for there is one body and one Spirit just as you have been called to the one glorious hope for the future. Where we label ourselves by denominations or different terminology, whether we claim to be traditional or charismatic, or like I consider myself, charismaniac, Methodist or Pentecostal, Jesus just calls us his body, one body with many parts. 1 Corinthians 12 through 27. And in case y'all are wondering, I'm reading the NLT version of the Bible. Um, But it says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, and some of us are Gentiles. Some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. 
Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less of a part of the body. If the ear says, I am not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of a body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require the special care, so God has put the body together that's such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Just as our bodies do not operate properly if anything is missing or out of order, so is the body of Christ. All parts of the body should work in unity. We should not take jabs at each other as long as Christ is the center of what we do, as long as Christ is the center of our worship. I consider myself a charismatic worshiper. The more elaborate worship, the better. But we're all unique, and extravagant worship is not for all of us. Although I wish everyone could experience the freedom of extravagant worship, that's what I wish. That doesn't mean that it's made for everybody. Some people just don't like us crazy people. (laughs) So the laid-back, quieter worshipers are able to disciple people that would never give me a chance. Whereas those that need the more awesome, outrageous, reckless power of God would be cool with worshiping with somebody like me. We all worship. We just worship differently. And we all have a place in the body of Christ. Some of us are Moses-type worshipers, quietly. And some of us are Davidical worshipers, outrageous. No matter how we worship, as long as we are focused on the teachings of this book, this book, the holy book, and are keeping Jesus in the center of our lives, then we should work with one another as the body of Christ to make newer disciples. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 tells us of the gifts given to the church by Christ. They are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and that their responsibility is to, to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. Disciples making disciples. Verse 13 says, This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So in other words, discipleship will last until the race is won, and we go home to spend eternity with Jesus. It will not end until that point.
Matthew 22, 37 through 39, teaches us the greatest commandment ever given. It's love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And two, love thy neighbor. Thy neighbor isn't the person sitting beside you on the pew at church. Thy neighbor is actually every other single person in this whole entire world. And that includes the person that you think is wrong because they don't worship like you. You're supposed to love them anyway. When we love each other, it brings unity to the body, which attracts others to Jesus. And they become new disciples because they want to know what we have that they don't. If you disciple someone and they give their life to Christ, they may not attend your church, and that's okay. God may lead them elsewhere, but discipleship should not focus on a building or your church, which I know that you guys consider this his church, um, and that's a great thing, but it's not about the church that you attend. Although the building of the church that you attend may happen when you're going out and you're discipling the people, that should not be the focus. The focus should be on God's church, the big C. So show God's love that in you to sorry, show God's love that is in you to all people. Doors will open for you to share the meaning of the cross. Be bold the way that Jesus would be, be his disciple and go. Happy trails to you till we meet again.